Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We have a full house today. We are talking about what is it like when you go places and everybody is blind. So hanging out, socializing in groups, and everyone is blind or partially sighted. And we're going to have a pretty fascinating conversation about that. Uh, So I'll introduce who's all here. We have Nika, Jill, Ishitha, and coming back to the podcast, Monty. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So let's uh, just remind our listeners a little bit about level of vision and and who you are. Let's start with uh, let's start with our co-hosts, Jill, Ishita, Nika, and then Monty. Okay, um, so I have retinopathy of prematurity, um, so I'm fully blind. I have cone rod dystrophy, so I am partially sighted. I can see general details, um, but have issues with seeing um, finer details. I have congenital sclerocornea, and I'm also partially sighted, so most of my vision is in my left eye, and I can see shapes, colors, but I can't see small details unless I'm up close. And like Jill, I have retinopathy of prematurity, which means I'm totally blind and see absolutely nothing. Okay. So um, Monty and I have known each other for a very long time. We are the same generation, (laughs) age, actually the same age, (laughs) Um, and have hung out quite a lot over the years, sometimes just the two of us, sometimes in groups of, of people that are also blind or partially sighted uh, and he's got lots of stories and has traveled a lot so I invited him to join us for this conversation and because we're from a different generation than you younger folks um, are we had some different challenges that I think will be interesting to talk about so I'm really grateful that you're here Monty thanks for joining us oh thanks for the invite so I also wanted to say that blind people don't only hang out with blind people Um, (laughs) obviously we also hang out with sighted folks and enjoy those experiences too. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes it is just a group of people who are blind or partially sighted. And obviously that is going to create some interesting stories and challenges. So we thought that our, our listeners might be interested in learning how we do that. Okay. So I guess my first, my first question or which I, obviously know the answer to, but are the activities different? Um, if you know that you're going to be hanging out with people who are also partially sighted or blind, um, versus sighted folks. So I thought we could just start by talking about that. For me personally, no. Um, I think, uh, the only thing is maybe going driving, uh, which some of my friends were sighted do like to do. Um, but everything else, like most of what I can think of is like going out to eat, um, hanging, going out a coffee shop. Uh, now I just think, I feel like I eat a lot maybe, but <laughs> like, like 
um or maybe like uh going to like a, a library or something like it's it's generally I would say really accessible areas that I don't think I need to consciously think of when I'm trying to plan out something because even if it's something like a movie theater which I don't go to much in general but if I did um there's no way like there's no reason why it can't be accessible to a friend who is um blind or partially sighted so mm -hmm. I think it's kind of just for me more natural I don't need to think about it as much and I think for me the only kind of like example that I can think of where like it might not work with a group of blind people who can't drive is um like camping in the summer so like I haven't really looked into it all that much but um like trying to have it or find a transit accessible campsite um doesn't seem at least from what I've found so far isn't that realistic so mm -hmm. like going camping for like a long weekend or something um I've only ever really done that with sighted people because the, pretty much they can drive um but other than that like kind of like it should the majority of what I do ends up being going to like restaurants or pubs or coffee shops or something um that you know, anyone of any level of vision can go and do. Um, so it doesn't really, like the whole level of vision doesn't really play into like into that much. Um, it's just a, more of like a lot of, well, depending on like where the outdoorsy type thing is, would be mm -hmm. more like sighted person kind of thought, thought out that way. But other than that, like nothing else really. Okay. Nika, I know you like to shop. Would you go shopping with other blind people? <laughs> yes, or? I was going to bring that up. And well, first of all, I would like to add on that clearly I also like to eat too much food because <laughs> I would like to second or I guess third the coffee shop, pub, restaurant thing. But as for shopping, I noticed that when I was a teenager, that's what I would always do with like my sighted friends. And I think it is totally possible for us to navigate a mall as like blind people and I don't know if it's because like my adult friends who are blind and visually impaired just don't like to shop but I haven't really ever gone to the mall with like like you and Ish like Jill and Ishita like we're pretty good friends but we never go to the mall when we hang out we always go to restaurants and like why don't we ever go shopping <laughs> we, apparently we like food too much apparently <laughs> yeah i feel like i i'm not a fun person to shop with because i'm just like in and out i hate waiting i hate doing any of that stuff so <laughs> yeah, like I like i'm saving you a lot at five hours in the mall <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i have gone shopping with a, a partially sighted friend who was colorblind that was fun um because she had a bit more vision than me but neither of us could tell what color things were, but, <laughs> but we both, I think we both made a purchase. So it was, it was productive. It worked out. Okay. But it, yeah, I, I, maybe it's a little more challenging. I'm thinking clothes shopping specifically. Yeah. But. I think the biggest thing too, is like, I went as a teenager shopping with a couple of other like blind and partially sighted girls. And we, um, kind of all like had a bit of like vision and we were kind of trying to navigate it. And it was Metro town, which is a pretty big mall and um a lot of it was kind of just like finding customer service and some of the stores like we could recognize by like patterns or like <laughs> lush is really easy to find lush oh, yeah. you can like smell oh, yeah. from a mile away <laughs> Actually, speaking of metro town and shopping as like a fully blind person me and my one friend well you guys all know keisha um keisha and i like to go on really random adventures whenever we hang out and we decided to go to metro town together once we like both were like 
well, I was newer to the city at the time and she'd never been. And I forget what we were, we were looking for something specific. I think like jeans or something. And we pretty much like linked arms and like I covered the left side, she covered the right. And we just like walked down the hallways until we like, oh, we have no idea what we're looking for. And then we'd like ask a random person walking by like, oh, like, can you direct us towards like this store? Because I think we looked at like online, like on the their website, like the uh, store directory to find what stores we wanted or whatever. Um, and we had a really fun mix of people who were like super awkward and like, it's over there. And then like quickly walk away. And then we just kind of laugh and move, you know, keep walking around. And then we'd have like overly helpful people. And it was just very, it was a little chaotic, but it was definitely an adventure. So, <laughs> Monty, what about you? Do you think there are specific activities that have to be reserved for sighted folks only? Uh, not, not really. Um, so there are obviously, uh, if, if you want to go driving and if I need to go driving, I usually recruit a sighted person to drive usually. me in my car. <laughs> usually. Not always, not always. But, only uh, 90% would, of the time. Yeah, only in busy areas. Um, no, but, but where, where it can be a, a thing I would say is it's, it's really all down to desire and the amount of effort you want to put in. So certain activities, uh, when you are handling it blind, whether you're by yourself or with other blind or partially sighted people, the amount of effort to achieve your goal might be high. So if you don't feel like putting in that effort, then you may not you know, want to do it. But if your desire is high, then uh, you can do anything. Uh, and I have camping stories. So yeah, we can yeah we'll go get to those, those at some point. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So I was thinking about um, something that I probably haven't, I don't know if I've really done without a sighted person, like going on a hike or even a day at the beach. Like I like to swim in, in the lake or the ocean. And I do feel like if I was to leave my, you know, if we, if we leave our towel and we go in the water, the, how do we find our stuff again on the beach? So have any of you done that without somebody sighted there? Yep. Okay. So how did you how did you manage finding your things and navigating that? Yeah. So what I found, uh, and in fact, I hiked to a beach. So I killed two birds with one stone there with <laughs> with another blind person. So um, hiking is is you you know you have to be careful, but if you're willing to just go out there and and tackle whatever nature throws at you, then you're kind of okay. And if you use good cane skills and all your other senses to their advantages. Um, but as for once you kind of get to the beach, obviously you want to go for a swim and come back or uh, do whatever you got to do at a beach. Uh, the way I've tended to do it is I will use uh, a pager. So basically, mm -hmm. if you can think of, um, I think they're also, they're often used in sort of geriatric or care settings where there's a beeper on one side and a remote control that activates that beeper or it pages the beeper on the other side. So if you were to put the beeper on your towel or your backpack or whatever you have, and then uh, walk away, all you got to do is press the button and then your uh, towel starts beeping at you and you can find it when you approach it. So mm. I think that's how I did that. Or of course, the other lower tech way is to make sure that you don't leave in pairs so that there's always oh. one person back at the towel. Yeah. And then you're Marco, are such a Mar smart idea. You're <laughs> Marco poloing yeah. your way back to your. Uh, <laughs> hello. So much Marco Polo happening. Well, and, <laughs> and if it's a if it's a busy beach, you'd be surprised how many people sort of are half watching you anyway. So when mm. you head back to the shore, they'll go, 
not here, not here. A little too late. Like they, they do kind of, oh <laughs> no, there's a blind person on the loose in the water. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Like you don't necessarily, I don't bring my cane into the water. So no, people you don't. wouldn't necessarily even know I was blind when I head to the water and then come out of it until I step on their towel or their child. <laughs> so. I do like what I like to call the blind person shuffle. <laughs> I'm just like slowly slide so I don't like step on anything or like isn't that hard on on the beach like on the rocky shelly beach <laughs> I mean I usually when I went on the beach go to like sandy beaches not so much like rocky mm. ones okay. but okay yeah I feel like with rocks and shells it would be harder okay. more of a All clamber right. <laughs> yeah so mostly we are saying that you can do pretty much anything in a group of blind or partially sighted folks that you can do with sighted people, minus the driving legally. <laughs> legally. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the ways that we find each other when we're meeting up at a public place. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think having like a designated spot and it's got to be a little more specific than I'll meet you at the Starbucks probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you guys navigate that? How do you find each other? I mean, at least for us, like Ishida, Nika and I, when we all met up or the two of us or whatever it's been, um, I mean, we just pretty much like, we do kind of an ETA, like I'll be there in 10, be there in five. Um, oh yeah because you have cell phones just, yeah we can just text each other which is great <laughs> and then we'll be like hey i'm outside i'll wait for you out here kind of thing so right. that's made it so much easier but i've also like i'm in a weird middle ground where i kind of also grew up without a cell phone um because i'm that weird middle generation but um like so if i didn't have a cell phone it would pretty much just be like okay i'm waiting by this landmark like whatever it is like a planter box or uh I don't know this well, I don't even know what it would something like that like something very distinct and very easy to find like closer to like the I don't know the door of the restaurant or something like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um it would just be very it wouldn't be like I'm by the door like okay what door how many doors are there like it would be a very specific like landmark um and then we would just always, I'd always like if we set up like a the meeting time up with like a landline phone for example or we like friends had we agreed to meet like on saturday we just talked about it at school and i don't know we'll meet i don't know okay to be fair it's also a small town so you, there's only so many places you can go but like okay let's meet at like dairy queen at like i don't know 2 p.m for example like there's only one place you can go for that so small towns are kind of a little easier that way um but yeah pretty much just be, like that way just a designated time and like a very specific landmark to find and then right. usually like a lot of what we do, especially um, like if it's a noisier area too, I like a lot of whoever had a cane would yes. be tapping their cane to find each other as well. Um, yes. Or like one of us would play, like if we had an iPad or, or sorry, I uh, what's it called iPod before we had iPhones, um, we like play music on purpose or something like that, like just something like a la like a sound to be able to find each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I used to always try to be early so that I would hear mm -hmm. the tapping. I, in fact, I still do that. If yeah. Monty and I met for coffee recently and I, I always try to be there first because I know I won't see him and he won't <laughs> see me. And yeah, I guess he could hear my cane too. Um, <laughs> we have a really funny story, uh, Monty and I, from 
many years ago. I think we were, I guess, probably in our early twenties. And, um, I was in Victoria staying with a friend who was partially sighted and Monty and another friend of ours who is also blind came over on the ferry to meet up with us. And we, we made a plan to meet at Douglas, Douglas at Fort, which was the name of the bus stop. And so we were, which was downtown Victoria by the mall. So my friend and I came out when the bus was supposed to show up. This was before cell phones. We didn't see them get off the bus. Mm. And so we thought, oh, they must've missed their ferry or something. So we went back in the mall (laughs) until, (laughs) until, I don't know if we went back in the mall for like two hours until the next ferry would have come. I think I don't really remember, but the only way that we could communicate with each other was to like call our voicemails to see if there had been left any messages. And, um, Monty, you tell, tell what happened. Where were you guys? (laughs) Well, first of all, I think that was pre voicemail. I think we were calling into our answering machines, right? That's right. So yeah, but no, so we were at Douglas at Fort, which in our minds was the corner. So, mm. which was maybe, I don't know, what, 12 meters away from the bus stop or <laughs> it, it wasn't that far. Like it was no. very close. And uh, we would just stand at the corner. Like I was probably uh, leaning up against the the brick facade of the Bay Center is where we were. And uh, I think sometimes I would point towards Douglas and other times I'd point towards Fort, <laughs> change walls to lean on. And then we'd go into the mall and look for a pay phone and then like, phone the answering machine and no one else had called the answering machine and then <laughs> go back and i think we probably kept crossing over each other like visually yes. and it literally <laughs> took hours like i remember getting oh, there at geez. like 11 a.m and i think we finally somehow through your friend's dad uh connected and be at this i think didn't we we met at some tables at a coffee shop inside the the mall at the end of it i think so i think somebody just said look this corner thing isn't working too well let's let's find a better landmark and i i guess we did but i think it was like close to dinner time by the time it we... was like four hours you guys yeah, were yeah. waiting wow. for four hours i know oh, that's hilarious yeah that's so funny it was oh. ridiculous so that that's probably the worst or best best story but like worst experience of not finding each other i mean i have a couple oh. funny anecdotes so one, um, I was supposed to meet Jill at her, your, I don't know, third person, second person, her downtown <laughs> university campus. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I had classes and every time I go home, I always just pass through like the area of her university. So the plan was to meet her in front of her university building. And I thought like... It was only one building, but I guess there were multiple buildings. So I'm just standing there. I'm like, I'm right outside the university. Like, where are you? And then I'm also the type of person who I'm not really scared to like yell out the person's name and just kind of look like a fool (laughs) because sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Um, But like, she could not hear me. Um, I call her. I'm like, where are you? She's like right outside the front doors. I'm like, well so am i and then i found a stranger and basically they're like oh yeah that's the building across the street um <laughs> we're able to figure it out turns out the sfu downtown campus has multiple buildings good to know yeah i didn't um, even know that till like that day too so that was fun i think for me generally i i think i tend to be the one who's like oh i'll come find you 
um, as long as we have a general area we're going to meet. Um, but the thing with me is I am first terrible with directions. Um, and second, cannot remember the name of anything. I swear. Like, um, Jill will text me like, Hey, let's, and it's art. We, we go to the same school, right? I should know buildings, the name of buildings. And Jill texts <laughs> me like, Hey, um, meet me in front of this building. And I'm like, okay, what is that? Right. I'm like, and I Google it and I'm like, is that the, so I ask her, I'm like, is this the building like next to the bus loop? She's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. Do you know? She's like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, okay, cool. There's like a 90% chance we won't make it, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll tell you then, there's a 90% chance we won't make it. I love that. Yeah, we that. won't. Because like, it's, <laughs> it's me, right? When it's me, it's like true. Jill will be there. I won't it's find true. where anyone is. And like so when true. I first started meeting Jill, um, like Jill has like a blue jacket. It's like a black, like a bright blue jacket. I don't know if, because like when I first met Jill, she would wear it. She would wear this jacket like pretty like often. And I'm like, okay, that's how I would recognize her if we were meeting, um, like in front of a certain area. Um, I'm like, okay, cool, I know this area. And then I just see someone who's blonde with a blue jacket. I'm like, oh, that's Jill. Okay. And like, that's generally how I would recognize her. But then she stopped wearing it. I'm, and I'm sorry, like, I ripped. <laughs> <laughs> it's like general, like I think cues in that sense for me. Um, yeah. But also another, we're going, we're on funny stories. Um, I think three weeks into me meeting Jill. Um, this was for her birth. This is for your birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, we, I was waiting for her after class and we went to the train station and the directions were like pretty simple. It was just exit the sky train station, take a left. And it should be the build, like the building that's a few like doors down and the door should it be was, open. It was new West station, by the way, which is okay. also one of the most confusing yeah. ones. So, so I'm like, okay, I haven't really been to new West, but I'm like, I can figure it out. Right. Like conflict, you know, hyping myself up. Um, we spent like 15 minutes <laughs> in and around the station and I'm like, uh, like, and I kept re reassuring Jill. I feel like I'm like, Jill, it's okay. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out and then jill's like maybe we should call for help I'm like no i got this okay i can figure out how to exit a sky train station i can do that at the very least um and then she ended up having to call your friend i think to come yeah. meet us because i was that i got us that lost and it was like i was telling her to describe me and there was also the time jill found out i was indian because she didn't know because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, three yeah. weeks she's like oh you're indian and I'm like, yeah i'm like I'm kind of tall. I'm wearing black. I'm Indian. She's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Learning. So there is like four different exits out of New West Station. To it's be fair, it's a very confusing so, station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, even like the other day, Nika and I were at swim practice, and like after we're done practice, like we'll stop at like the change rooms or the washroom, and then we'll go outside and wait for like our Uber. Um, and then our dogs like to race each other, so Kiki and I kind of passed Nika and her dog. And then, but Nika thought we turned a different direction, but we actually went the right way into the change rooms. And then I'm like, went and did my own thing and like waiting for Nika. I was like, I'm like, okay, let's go. And like, usually Nika just like follows us out of the bathroom or whatever. And I, she didn't say anything, but I thought she was like just distracted by something and was behind me. And I go all the way, almost all the way outside and I'm like, wait, I don't hear like her dogs, like sounds of like the harness or anything. Like, where the hell did she go? And then she's still on the pool deck and I'm pretty much all the way outside. It's like, we've done this a thousand times. How did this happen? Oh, no. <laughs> sometimes Kiki, like when mm. on the way to the change room turns like left to mm. and like takes the other True. side of the pool. So then, and then like Gabe took me a bit, like kind of turned into a like the change room and then got distracted by a mirror and thought his reflection <laughs> their dog. Oh. 
So then oh. I'm like, okay. And then I thought, okay, Jill must be on the other side of the pool. Like, call her. She's like, I'm in the lobby. I'm like, oh. Just like, what are you doing? So even like something like a place where we go all the time and we know the whole route, like in and out, like we still somehow manage to get lost and have to try and find each other. So yeah, that's a good point. Cause there is the whole like meeting in the first place, but then there's the one, you know, when you're traveling around together, you got to kind of have some strategies for not losing each other. And then or you like, get into yeah. the, the blind, we leading the our... blind, leading the oh, blind, always. leading the blind. <laughs> blind chains. <laughs> even before I had the dog, uh, I remember at like summer camps and stuff a lot because we'd just be like all blind people, basically. We'd all just like link arms and like walk around in this big like blob mob blind chain thing. And like somehow I always led and like, guys, I'm like the most blind one here. Why am I leading the group? Or we'd like one person would grab like the end of the other person's cane and we'd like pull them around that way. Like, it was just <laughs> so chaotic, but it was so fun. Well, and the person on the back of at the back of the train really gets the short end of the stick because yeah. they get bumped into everything, and yeah. really the guiding technique doesn't really work but by that. Somehow, I no. always end up being the one at the very end. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing—you just like grab it on someone's elbow, and then like it's up to you to make sure you're still using your cane technically. Yes, I feel like when we don't when we would do that, it would almost be this hierarchy of like the person with the most sight at the front to the person with the least sight at the back, yeah. which is really kind of it unfair would, that the person of. with the least sight is at the back being, you know, like <laughs> yeah. drug around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. See, that's or, how, somehow I just end up in the front. I'm like, this makes no sense, but like, let's go. <laughs> or you put like the smaller people in the middle of the chain, because if the big person's at the back, then they're the ones that can hit people when the chain whips around and stuff. <laughs> rather than the, <laughs> It, it, it has worked that way for us. In the one one <laughs> thing I wanted so to add funny. to this, to to uh, to use technology to solve some of these problems can be quite helpful too. Uh, so you can share your location if you're using oh, yeah. GPS and that tends to help. Or what can also help is if the person you're meeting is in your contacts list and you happen to use, let's say an iPhone, you can, you can attempt to airdrop and it will give a list of all your contacts that are within 10 meters. Mm. So you know that your person that you're meeting is either there or they're not. So if they're there, then you only have 10 meters to kind of do the rounds and try to find them. Right. So I didn't know what the airdrop. That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's, cool. we used to do it with Bluetooth before airdrop came in and, and, it, and it works mm -hmm. for that. Um, the other thing I would say that I tend to do uh, is attempt to meet somebody somewhere where a conversation needs to happen. So for example, if you meet somebody in the lobby of a restaurant, then as soon as I walk in, the host is gonna say you know can i help you and i'll say well i'm here under this table but then i'm speaking so the person that i'm meeting hears my voice so then they mm. know that i'm there too yeah that's true i've done that before too yeah. people yeah. tend to find me because they hear me laugh <laughs> now true. that doesn't tend to happen if i'm by myself <laughs> just laughing no, that, to yourself in the corner <laughs> that's exactly how i found the group when i was when we were all meeting at sfu i got off the bus and i'm like okay jill was texting me like oh we're i think close to the water fountain or starbucks but you may have to find us and then i like immediately heard sean laugh and i'm like, oh okay there yeah Ooh, it's gonna walk it's, there. it's a famous landmark for blind people that, to find me we do that with Clement's the same way, but when he clears his throat, you can yes. hear Clement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do that. You cough, you whistle, you just sort of do yeah. things that blend into the background that hopefully the other person recognizes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about 
sort of, um, what is it like for the folks who have some vision if the other folks don't? And I, I know when I was younger and I could fall into that category, I, I would get kind of stressed. Like I felt like I had to be the one to find, I didn't have to be, but I felt the pressure like on myself that, well, if I have more vision, I should be able to find the doorway. I should be able to follow the waitress. I should be able to find the bathroom, all those things. And I couldn't do that very well. And I found that really hard, but what is that like for, for you guys? Yeah, I think generally um, when I'm hanging out with uh, our group of blind friends, I tend to be the one with the most vision. Um, and these guys don't put the pressure on me to really mm-hmm. find something or anything. It's just, you're right, Sean, I tend to feel that like, oh, okay, I don't want us to get lost. So I'm going to make sure that we're all, you know, safe, whatever we can. Um, I feel it like, like, well, the, the thing is, I want to like kind of, the assumption is that I think, defer to the more sighted person because they can get us around maybe more safer. Um, That has kind of been my experience. Uh, Again, not that these guys just naturally defer to me. I've also just seen sighted people maybe just talk to me more because they assume I'm their guide (laughs) because, you know, Jill or Nika's holding my arm and and I am guiding them, but they won't see, they won't either. I won't have my cane on me. They'll just assume I am the guide or um, because uh, Jill or Nika have their guide dogs. They assume that, Oh, okay, this person has less vision, so you're going to be the one helping them or, or whatever. So um, I do tend to feel that pressure. And I have to say that it's a completely wrong assumption because Jill knows our campus so much better than me. She has guided me to Starbucks, to Tim Hortons, to everywhere. And I have no idea where anything is. So um, part I also of it is, lived up there for a while. So I had to- Yeah, I, like you've yeah. lived there, but you've done O&M and I haven't. Like, and right, I, I stay on campus because I live a lot farther. So mm-hmm. if I don't have to be there, I don't. Um, but in areas that I'm comfortable in, obviously. So when my friends come to Surrey, um, I'm happy to guide them because I know the area and it's all, it's a lot easier to sort of get around and I'm happy to take that lead. But I've also noticed that I don't think it's a, a visual acuity thing because when I was with a friend who had roughly the same vision as me, I naturally fell into the same role of guiding them hmm. to a restaurant that we were trying to find. I got us lost because obviously I did, <laughs> but um, like I just naturally kind of stepped into that role that like, oh, I need to make sure that we make it there safely. Um, and I, it was an interesting thing. I didn't think like, it's like, I didn't know that I naturally do that, but um, so I don't think it is a thing. It's just um, even if I'm with a sighted friend, I, I just tend to do that. I don't think I make that assumption that, oh, they're sighted. They will get us there safer. I'm like, no, I like having, I guess, the control of being able to like, okay, if I can get us there safe, I'm, I'm a lot happier. I feel more in control. Um, I'll do whatever it needs to be done to get there, ask questions, whatever. Hmm. Um, but it's just, I think I, I do have that in it. Like, oh, okay, I should be the one. And like you guys were saying, like in the group, I tend to get pushed forward. I think it's Sometimes it is because I have the most vision or also I'm tall and I naturally just take bigger strides. <laughs> so I'm just like way ahead of the group. Um, and then I look back and everyone's behind me, especially with like Jill and Nika. You guys are a lot smaller than <laughs> yeah, me. We're, yeah, we're a lot shorter yeah. than you. I'm like a full eight inches taller than these guys. So like <laughs> it's um, sometimes chaotic, but like, yeah, I've noticed that these two tend to guide me a lot more than I guide them in like a lot of the settings we hang out in. Yeah. I mean, Monty was like that with me. He moved to Vancouver from a small town. I grew up here and he, he showed me around the city. We, you know, I, he was adventurous. I was terrified. 
So you know, he knows where we are always. I didn't necessarily, but I still, yeah. When like, I feel like Monty, that's, you where, would... that's where the pressure is though. Right. So I'm the one that's supposed to know how to get around and where everything is. So while I'm totally blind, I'm, and don't have the pressure of navigating, you know, in a sighted way, I still have the pressure of helping us find our destination or helping us get out of our destination, you know? Mm-hmm. So and you would I, get I think us it's the role, isn't it? Yeah, you would get us to the address and all I had to do was find the door. And I didn't even have to find the door, but just like find I the door, Sean. Like... Find the door. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I should be able to at least find the door if you have gotten us all the way here, figured out the bus route, you know, how many streets to cross, how many driveways, whatever. Like <laughs> I should be able to at least just find the door, but with tunnel vision, that's not yeah, always that always easy, happen. right? So yeah. I remember like when I like I went from low vision or significantly sighted relatively speaking um like i didn't use a cane or anything before and i remember like being that the low vision one of the group and the other people were blind and i was guiding them um and i i remember we were in we were in like a big group i think it was like a summer camp or something um and i'm like you know the one job was like okay i'm gonna guide them and then i just have to follow like i don't know our camp counselor who's in front of me and they're wearing like um, like kind of what Ishida was saying with the blue coat, like they're wearing this color shirt, but like, you know, you get distracted by talking with your friends and then you like look forward again and then like they're far ahead. And then it's like, they're too far where you can't see them anymore. And like, oh my God, we have to run to catch up so we can, I can see them again. So I remember being like, I can't take my eyes off this person or else we're going to get lost. And I remember that was where the pressure was in because mm-hmm. I like to talk and then I get distracted and then I like you know, like when you talk to someone, you look at them. So I'd like look to the side to look at my friend who I was talking to. And then before I knew it, like the counselor was like way ahead. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I've been there a few times. I'm in this like really awkward, weird kind of middle place where depending on the composition of blind people, I sometimes am the person who can see the most and sometimes I'm not. So like in our friend group, if Ishitan Randy are there, then I am not the person who can see the most. But if neither of them are there, then it just so happens that I am the person with the most amount of vision, which is really kind of weird to think about because I have 3% of a working eyeball. Um, But I think I put a lot of like weird pressure on myself, like kind of like what with Ishida says, I don't feel any pressure from my friends or anyone to like figure out where to go, but I kind of put that, pressure on myself to figure it out so like for my birthday we were meeting at a restaurant and (laughs) instead of the entrance of the restaurant being right on the street we had to go through a weird like patio type thing and I was like beating myself up over like Google Maps says the restaurant's here why can't I find the entrance myself and the the fitting part to that though is because we all took separate Ubers but the Ubers all ended up dropping us off at the same place which was at the other end of the block so we all ended up meeting up at like together, um, but then we all had to like wander down the block in this like mob of pe- blind people <laughs> and guide dogs because it was like what three at the time. Yeah, um, trying I'm... to find this like restaurant and like again like Nika said it was through this like weird little patio, but it was like a really skinny narrow patio thing, and it was we did it, and it was like it always it's easier to like if you know if you get lost it's. You always feel a little bit better when you're with someone else rather than like by yourself, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in that situation, there was four of us, um, I think. Yeah. Yes. 
yeah four of us and um so it's like okay well like you know we can all go together and like we can get the dogs like we can give the dogs the directions to like you know like right inside find inside kind of thing um but there was four of us to kind of help problem solve and figure it out and it like compared to like if it was just one person like if it was just me by myself I'd be like okay like which way do I go and like I don't know what to do and like I know I could figure it out myself but it I feel like it would have taken longer as or the four of us be like okay, well, let's go this way. And nope, doesn't seem like anything's happening. Let's try the other direction. And yeah, and like experiment- one of the dogs had to pee and that's the whole thing. <laughs> but- like experimenting somehow just seems less less scary than when you're with other people. Speaking of dogs. <laughs> dogs yeah, Gabe is in the background. Hmm. Um, but like, also I've been more comfortable using Google Maps lately and hmm. I finally figured out like how it works. So like when we were going to Clement's birthday, I'm like, Jill, you and I are going to transit because the route is easy and we are not paying for an Uber. We so did I, it. So like, you're just like going along with my like crazy weird schemes. I just kind of want to add to what uh, Jill was saying. Like, I think everyone has their strengths. Um, some people are great at directions. And I think deferring to that person for that is the way to go right regardless mm-hmm. of of vision mm-hmm. um like when i'm hanging out with someone i would 100 percent feel more comfortable with them um if they know the direction to go with that like and that happened where my friend was more guiding us and we were in like a not so fun situation where someone was kind of following us and i'm like mm. ah my alley <laughs> my area has prepared me to this is my strength to like kind of not uh, know how to kind of act around people and and not engage with these kind of stuff the friend was kind of freaking out a bit and I'm like no nah, don't worry I got this and kind of like scared off the person and was not phased and then they're like how did you do that and I'm like you don't know where I live don't worry about it but um, <laughs> like that's my strike uh, but even if not like Nika said I'm more comfortable to like shout out or to do something or ask some people aren't so I'm like I'm happy to take those kind of roles or um, follow my nose if we're trying to find a food place or like, you know, so um, depending on who you're with and also area, like when I, I did hang up with a, a friend who was blind, Clement, and one of my friends who cited, um, and we were in his area in Vancouver and um, he wanted to take us to a Japanese store. And my friend um, really wasn't like, uh, I think, I think I, I don't know if, I don't think we asked her, but um, she's like, I don't know the area. Like, I really don't know where we are. And then Clement's like, oh, okay, I got this. I know roughly where it is and we can figure it out and we'll go. So we did that. We just kind of walked down the area and um, the my friend just kind of said, oh, is this the name? Like the name, I see the name. And she's like, okay, yeah, great. We found the store. So we relied on him to kind of get us there, essentially. We, all she kind of did was just read the area, which we could also could have done if we just walked in and could have figured out that was the right store. So I think it's more so if the knowledge and the skills than anything else um, yeah. at least totally. in our friend group that's kind of how it works mm-hmm. yeah and I think you know when I think about my younger self I was very not comfortable with anything <laughs> like I was terrified of getting lost I was terrified of being embarrassed I was like you know not comfortable really being blind or looking blind or any of those things now it's now I view it as an adventure it's kind of fun and it's really empowering but when I, you know, when I was younger, it, I didn't feel that way. So yeah. Um, let's, should we explain how we do some of the things we do that people might not be aware of? Like, like, I don't know, reading the menu. Hmm. Monty, how do you, how do you manage restaurant stuff? 
Yeah, so reading the menu is uh, become a lot easier the last few years. So what I tend mm -hmm. to do is first see if uh, the restaurant has uh, a menu available in an alternative format. Uh, and by that, I, I don't necessarily mean Braille because it takes a long time to read a Braille menu, at least mm -hmm. in my case. But what I mean is, so if it's a pub or like a restaurant that could do takeout, then chances are it's going to be on Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes. Mm -hmm. And you can use the menu there to give you a good idea of what the menu is in person. Or now there's QR codes on the table that people complain about that I love. <laughs> uh, and uh, lastly, uh, don't be afraid to ask the server. I mean, that's mm -hmm. part of their job. So um, that's what I'll do yeah. if there's no other no other way around it. Or if you are too embarrassed to do that, you just listen to what the person at the table next to you ordered and you duplicate <laughs> their order. That's true, actually. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I was going to say that's like the one plus of like the whole like pandemic situation is that a lot of company, a lot of restaurants, even though they were closed for like in person uh, dining, um, even if it wasn't through like Skip the Dishes or Uber Eats. They a lot of com like restaurants put their menus on their own website. Mm -hmm. um, only downside is sometimes they're PDFs, <laughs> which are not accessible PDFs. Um, like Nika's birthday, she, she had to go very extremely zoom in and <laughs> read the like the image of the text or whatever. But I've noticed a lot more um, since COVID that like a lot of restaurants have put their menus online, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and like again, the kind of same thing as Monty. Like usually, I'll, if it I can't find it like their website, um, I can't read Braille enough um, to like read a Braille menu, so that's out. Um, but I'm also just like comfortable enough to be like, hey, like I can't really read your menu. Do you mind reading me? Like, um, and like instead of getting them to the wait the waiter to read the entire thing, I like I'll ask, can you just like read the headings? So like appetizers, mm -hmm. mains, whatever. To make it a little bit faster because i know like that they're busy and they have a lot going on usually um so yeah, yeah. usually i just do I it that way to make it or, a little faster or sometimes they'll say well what do you want yeah yeah and you're sitting there going well that's <laughs> like, not terribly helpful I, like i, do have I a don't know well, what's <laughs> fun is like if that happens you can say like what ask like what do you suggest kind of thing oh exactly yeah yeah and like i'm a vegetarian so a lot of like a good portion of the menu, basically they can just skip because it's not really mm -hmm. relevant to me. So I feel like slightly better. I'm like, I'm saving you time. Mm, true. <laughs> I think when me and Jill hung out like not too long ago, we went to mm -hmm. the restaurant on campus and I hadn't been there, but Jill and Jill knew a few items, but still like, I, th I can't remember who asked, but one of us asked the waitress to read out the whole menu and she just went, I think she went over the whole menu, right, Jill? Like she just kind of- I think so. Yeah, and then we we felt like so grateful. We just like we're trying to figure out how much to tip because we're like, okay, we both don't know how to do math. <laughs> I'm sitting there with the calculator. We didn't go to university to do math. Yeah, so. true. None of us are we're not mm. math. Okay, was, so that's yeah, another true. thing though. How do you pay? How do you read the bill? How do you know how much you owe? I just get like I'll have like the wait the waitress or waiter to like um like you know can you read me like the amount and then um I just. If, for tipping, I just tip in dollar amount rather than percentage because mm -hmm. I cannot figure it out. And I always get like, I don't, I can't figure it out fast enough and I'm holding up everyone else. So I'm just like, I'll tip like, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. Um, and then I'll just, um, like if, I don't know, if I can't tap and like tap wasn't an option for a long time until recently, recently anyways. So if I can't tap my card, I'll just like 
like um insert the card and like if i can't figure out which button's checking i'll be like can you hit checking for me and then i can like obviously do the pin and everything mm-hmm. um except for if it's a touch screen which is hard yeah um those ones are tricky but um yeah i just get through to read honestly just reading everything out and like yeah just- i think nowadays at least i've noticed a lot of restaurants are having the preset 15 18 20 mm, true, um, yeah. and yeah. you can do an option for more so usually what i'll just do is like oh i'm like do you guys have the percentages and she, they're like yeah oh this 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 it's kind of awkward because then they know how much you're taking yes. <laughs> like right in front yeah. of them but um i found that to be pretty helpful and same with jill because i can't see the screen to select the account um i've had people kind of just give like take my card and be like oh i'll put in your pin for you and i'm like no i don't want <laughs> someone to know my pin um and if need be i always do carry cash just in case mm. they um the the machines aren't like great and no one's being helpful so i just i know roughly how much it is um a tip for like t- uh, percentages uh is the decimal so you move the decimal i think to the left one so if it's 110 oh. is 10 so it's cool like a, oh, and then you kind of do it in your head that that's way that's 10 percent i like you probably don't 10 is like a basic number so you can add you can double it to make 20 you know or like you right, can add to make 15 hmm. so it's an easy way for me to kind of do it it's like the one math trick i know um <laughs> and or you can just ask siri like hey how much is 10 percent or 15 percent? Oh, true oh and then there's of- me like do it in my head in like five seconds i'm like i always calculate like how much is 15 then i do 20 i'm able to do those numbers easier like if they're multiples of five and then i'll go like halfway in the middle for 18 if i like want to do it more and it kind of depends on like i have to do it all like really quickly depending on how much the bill ends up being and based on like how helpful the person was Hmm. I tend to use Seeing AI, seeing AI the, an app uh, on the iPhone that can read uh, handwriting or printing or anything, mm. and I'll scan the bill uh, and take a picture of it and have it read it to me so that I know what Ooh. I'm paying. And when you do that for the first time, it's absolutely amazing how much taxes we're not aware of, like mm. alcohol tax or tax on this. And oftentimes, I think uh, when you don't know, you end up tipping on the tax. Now, maybe you want to do that, but maybe you don't. And mm-hmm. uh you, when you see the breakdown, it, it sort of helps that. And I found that it works in 99% of uh, the situations I've been in. So Nice. That's good to know. Let's talk a little bit about going on vacations with blind people. Um, so <laughs> Sorry. Have, have any, I know Monty has done this. Um, has anyone else gone on a trip? Just you and other blind people? Actually, last was it last summer, Nika? Last yeah. spring, um, oh. Nika, Ginny, and I went to Victoria for a, a, like okay. weekend, five days, something like that. Okay, cool. Okay, mm. so you can weigh in here too. So, mm. Monty, um, you've been on a cruise. How was yep. that? I've been on a couple of cruises. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, on a cruise ship, GPS uh, doesn't work too well because <laughs> the ship is moving. Um, so that's out. But what I would say, the first thing you can do is is pre-plan. So when you know you're going on the trip, check out the uh, internet, the website, try to get the ship's layout, how many decks it has, the names of the restaurants, the bars, you know, all the important areas of the ship. And um, <laughs> know what they're called. And the reason for that is because once you're on the ship, at least for the first couple of days, you're going to have to ask people. So it's a little bit easier to say, 
do you know where such and such a restaurant is or such and such a bar rather than a bar or whatever, because you're having to be specific. So you get a specific answer. Uh, also, you know, so that you can learn your way around and, and find your way back to your room or the next bar, wherever you happen to to want to go. Right. So I would say pre-planning is is uh, really important. The paging devices can be used quite significantly on a mm -hmm. cruise ship. We used to use those too, to find each other when we're on the pool deck or somewhere else. And uh, I would also say that one of the things you can really do when you're on a cruise ship or any kind of resort, I suppose, it wouldn't matter if it was a floating resort or a stationary <laughs> resort, um, make friends with the staff and the other people around you. So you're going to see the same people on a cruise ship all the time. Mm -hmm. And once they get to know you, uh, whether it's staff or just other random passengers, um, that it solves a few things that they'll start to recognize your patterns and where you want to go. And you can ask them and hang out with them. And they'll also help you. So so get to know people, try to be nice to people, try to be friendly, and that will pay off for the rest of the trip. What about finding your room? I imagine they all look the same and I'm assuming they yeah. don't have braille. Is it like well, a they don't always? No, okay. you're right. So I will do something to the door or the doorknob. <laughs> so whether it's, you know, get like, uh, not me, but if I was with a female, like get one of her hair, what are they called? Scrunchies? Yeah. Yeah. Put that on the doorknob right. uh, or, you know, put a piece of paper in the, slam a piece of paper in the door when you close it so you can find it or uh, count the steps to the nearest corner or, you know, little things like that, mm -hmm. or listen for an HVAC sound like a air conditioning noise or something like that. And know that, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you can, whatever you can use to your advantage. And does it all look the same on a cruise? Like I'd imagine every floor kind of yeah, looks like the well, others. And They do it first, right? Because at first one hallway with a bunch of rooms, to me mm -hmm. is the same as any other hallway with a bunch of rooms. And if there's four or five decks with rooms, they all look the same. So you have to be careful to count the stairs or to make sure you're, um, you know, in the getting off of the right floor if you're taking the elevator. But usually the, the sort of uh, common areas where there's retail or, or food or just leisure decks, like those kind of places tend to be rather unique. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot to learn. So oftentimes you'll find that you really only get the hang of things like on day seven of the yeah. seven day cruise, <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh, you surprisingly um, learn it quite quickly. I mean, I would honestly say that uh, being blind didn't hold us back at all. Um, it might have a little bit when we got off the ship in the various destinations, mm. because we obviously didn't know our way around Cancun. Mm -hmm. um, but what you can do is you can uh, hang out with the friends you made, or you can uh, organize an excursion first. So whether that's kayaking in a group or or what have you, then then that's sort of taken care of, right? Because you go from the ship onto a bus to the beach where the kayaks are, meet up with the guy, freak him out because he didn't think you were blind, and then you uh, sell everything down, and then you know right. kayak and get drunk all day. Okay. <laughs> Um, so when you guys went to Victoria, did you have any crazy blind adventures? Um, kind of a couple, um, cause we went like the hotel, we also just found a random ish, like relatively cheap ish hotel, but it was actually turned out to be really nice. And we got like a suite cause there's three of us sharing it. So we could afford to do that, which was a plus. 
and like we all, like getting from like the main doors of the hotel to the elevator um and then like to our room we just followed like the i don't know what they're called the the people who carry your luggage but don't actually carry your luggage the front desk people i guess <laughs> um there's a name for them but bellhop. I don't. Bell- thank bellhop, you yeah. bellhop yeah um not that every hotel has that but we just like we got the person to show like we would follow them and we, we all had no need two of us had dogs at the time um as well and so we would just we just followed the guy like in the elevator he told us what floor and then like you know when we got off the elevator we could tell he was going to the left and he told us like i think we asked him how many doors like from the left of the like go, turning left off the elevator how many doors is our room and a lot of hotels um have like a tactile number on the door mm-hmm. so obviously we just know our number and can like all the doors how you find the right number or like again we just counted the doors um so that was kind of what we did with that and then like when i am in a hotel room or like a new like room or like airbnb or anything for the first time i like to walk like the perimeter of the room like all around the perimeter to learn like what the room looks like and where all the furniture is and stuff mm-hmm. um but the only kind of like there was a couple funny stories um but the one that i thought was really funny was we were three of us were sharing a taxi to go to a restaurant, I think, or something. And um, I, I don't know if like Victoria's just a bit more chill with the like dogs in the vehicle thing, but it was a really tight um, fit in the back seat. And the other person with the dog, I think, was already in the front or something. But there's a big plexiglass between the front and the front seats and back seats. And like my dog, like the plexiglass stuck out quite a bit into the back seat. So my dog, even though she's small, couldn't fit on the floor. But I didn't realize. So when I called her in, she like hopped on my lap. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, okay, like you need to go on the floor, but there's no way. And the cab driver's like, it's only like a five, 10 minute drive. Like, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. And like, okay. So then we're just all in the cab and I'm just sitting with my dog on my lap going to the restaurant. <laughs> and I obviously wouldn't have done that safety wise if it was any longer of a ride, but it's only like five, 10 minutes and it was pretty funny. Um, okay, Monty, tell us about your camping story. Because I think this is just like, this is just the pinnacle of like, you can really do anything. It doesn't yeah, matter. Well, there's, there's been a few of them. So I'll, I'll sort of make a hybrid of them. But basically, uh, when I, when we were younger, me and a couple of uh, blind friends enjoyed camping near Harrison Lake, which is about 150 kilometers east of Vancouver. And at the time, there was no great way of getting there. So your options were walk which would take two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could ride a tandem bike with your blind buddy, which I did, except for he had, I don't know, 5% vision <laughs> and could barely see the, uh, is it a white line that's between the shoulder and the and the first yeah. lane of traffic? Yeah, so <laughs> we kind of just followed the shoulder the whole way along. And sometimes we drive off the highway because it was the low heat highway. And uh, so very busy. Uh, the trucks would be going past us. So that took quite a while. And then, and then the load gets heavier as you stop off and get provisions before uh, you go into the wilderness because mm. once you get to where you need to go, it's then about a 10 mile 10 mile uh, distance to go to our get to our campsite off the main highway. So then you can either walk. Uh, we would usually walk and hitchhike at the same time. So if uh, somebody stopped and picked us up, like, I don't know, you're in the bush, what else are you going to do, right? So uh, we would do that. Uh, sometimes we would get the greyhound bus at the time used to Mm kind of go uh to mission so we'd sort of go there and then 
again, cobble together various forms of uh, random transport or walk on foot. Um, we had a time when uh, we spent a lot of time and effort. I don't think anybody picked us up when we were hitchhiking, so we had to walk. I don't know. This this campsite was further, so it was probably like 15 miles in from the main road. And we we walked up there. I know I'm talking about alcohol a lot. I, I don't mean to. <laughs> but beer is heavy, especially when you have like four flats of beer. And there yeah. was three of us. And we finally managed to get to our campsite at like midnight. We set yeah. up our tent in the dark, which didn't matter because we we're all blind anyway. So that didn't matter. And then it poured rain oh. at like 4 a.m. to the point where we woke up in a huge like oh. everything was covered in water right oh, and so we're like best. okay we can't stay here for the next three days because this has gone too far right and so we had to like quickly drink our beer or as much of it as we could <laughs> and then like rip the tent down and then like walk back i think mm -hmm. we had six hours to get back to the highway before when the bus showed up mm -hmm. and uh yeah, you had to flag the bus down because there was no, you were in the middle of nowhere. So, so somebody would go, I think that's a bus. No, no, it's a truck. No, it's a bus. And you'd start waving your arms around and then hopefully it would stop and it did. And you'd get on the bus and uh, go home. So, uh, yeah, that was, there's been some adventures and, and we're all mostly either totally blind or with, with very little usable vision, but we sort of knew we were going and uh, knew our destination. So it, it worked out. It was fun. <laughs> you can never get too fun. lost right like we live in a planet of seven billion people so yeah. you're not going to be lost for very long and if you look at it like getting lost is fun which i tend to well fun's the wrong word but i don't mind getting lost at all it's, I an look adventure. At, it's a nice challenge to to right to the wrong so right like, and um, i think interesting getting like being lost by yourself and maybe feeling alone but when you're with a group of people or even just one other person you can just sit back laugh about it in like five yeah. years Keisha and I did that I was living downtown Vancouver when, like the first year I moved here and she like her like I said before her and I always go on these random adventures and um I, I think our favorite one that we still talk about and it's been like five years later is that we accidentally walked the entire Granville Bridge without realizing it until we were halfway <laughs> over it um, we were trying to go to this greek restaurant we had heard about and we came to this like super busy intersection with like no audible signals so we kind of made like the joint decision like okay we'll just, like walk one block to the left and like cross that like you know like a less busy intersection so we're like we did that it was fine and we we're like hmm, we got to the next curb and we're like walking and we're walking. I'm like, this seems like a really long block. Like what is happening? <laughs> and then we like, are we on a bridge? Cause we like could hear like, home, like some water and like, and like all the vehicles on the bridge. And then I think we accidentally, we, cause like her and I always link arms and like she covers the right side with her cane and I would cover the right side or the left side with mine. And I think during that adventure, we in the middle of the bridge of like the walking part, we like ran into a couple who was having a very special moment on the bridge. So we like, ruined the couple's moment. And then we got to the other side and we're like, we were like, okay, well, what the hell do we do now? Like we need, to, we, I don't think we're anywhere close to this restaurant and like hopped on a random bus and like asked the bus driver where to go. And it's like, I think like two hours later, we finally got to the stupid Greek restaurant. It was the best <laughs> meal we had in a long time. But same thing with, also with her, we also really wanted Subway once. And for whatever reason, like, we both were having a hard time like figuring out where the closest sub closest subway was, so we decided at like eight p.m. nine p.m. we to take a SkyTrain adventure, and we ended up at the New West Station subway, 
which was like an hour away from where we actually were. <laughs> we were like, you know what? We know there's probably a way closer subway, but it was a really fun adventure. And it got us more comfortable with like the transit. So it was kind mm-hmm. of a win-win. But yeah. I, yeah. Fun. I think that is like, I think Nika, you kind of said it, like when you're alone and, and actually Monty said this yesterday when we were chatting about this, like the way you do things when everyone's blind is kind of similar to the way you might do things if you're by yourself, but it is less scary, less intimidating, Mm -hmm. um, when you're in a group and you know, then it, it can become kind of funny and fun and, or, and, or you have people to complain to, (laughs) to commiserate with. Right. Yeah. And like work together to figure it out too. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you're the person, like your friend might think of a whole nother solution than you might not have ever thought of it. Right. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, I think that there are lots of benefits to traveling or hanging out with just the blind people. Um, I think that it, it helped me become more comfortable using a cane, more comfortable asking for directions from strangers, definitely like learning that if I get lost, I can become unlost. Like it's not this really awful, scary thing that you imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it really helped me build confidence in my abilities. So like, if I can do it with a group of people who are blind, then why wouldn't I be able to do it by myself? Right. You sort mm-hmm. of learn that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's also just very empowering. Like I'm thinking back to when I was walking with a group of blind people and we all got our canes out or dogs, like we definitely have people staring at us, but it's like, I mean, why we're all great. Why shouldn't they? So like it's a confidence <laughs> booster and it's like, it's so it's fun. And like, if you, um, I know some people who also just aren't as confident in their cane skills, being with other people who are blind, um, really helps boost that. And it's, it's just a really, really fun experience. I would say like, mm-hmm. honestly, no regrets. Absolutely. And really, uh, you have a lifetime of stories to share with people after yes. that. I mean, Sean, remember we were walking through the, through, uh, I think it was Newport village in Port Moody. And, uh, a guy asked us where our car was, where are you parked? Where are you parked? Oh, we're just going <laughs> for the exit. Oh yeah. Well, where's your car? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, so, and that happened, I don't know, 10 years ago. So you do have these funny stories forever and uh, you feel empowered. And and really, uh, I don't care whether I'm hanging out with blind people or sighted people. It doesn't really even cross my mind, to be honest. Just Mm. just do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, all of you. This has been really fun. I knew that it would be. And uh, hopefully, I don't know. I feel like I need to plan a trip with some blind friends. Yeah, I kind of want you now too. (laughs) Yeah, I feel inspired and motivated and just like up for the challenge. I think want to want to like create some more fun stories. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. 
For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.